Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy, and I got a repeat offender OG today, <laughs> my man Kenneth Scott. Kenneth, thank you so much for uh, jumping on the podcast and chopping up with me, man. Appreciate it. Well, I'm always glad to be here, home, so it feels good. That's right, that's right. That's <laughs> yeah, right. you know yeah, it. You're in town doing a little speaking. Uh, yes, remind sir. everybody, uh, well, actually, you just did it. I don't know. Did you post about it online? Uh, earlier this morning, okay. I posted online. It was at a Camp U Leadership, and I was speaking on the importance of leadership. And basically how the relationships that you have with your individual mates, peers, and even with yourself is important and how to leverage that as your platform being a elite student athlete. Yeah. And so, and, and I appreciate uh, when you're talking about all those things, you know, we've been having some good talks about uh, you saying, yeah, man, this so- whole social health thing is social real. Social health, baby. Social health. That's it's, what it is. It's real. It's real. Well, let, let's talk about it a little bit because um, if, if, Someone's tuning into this episode and they've never seen you on the podcast before. Then uh, let me just tell you a little about a uh, former University of Utah wide receiver, um, Ted Talk, <laughs> you know speaker. It. That's what's Let's up. Let's get it. We in here. Yep, yep. And uh, father, two beautiful yes. daughters that they're going to mm-hmm. have some brand new beautiful shoes, right? And then uh, also two beautiful wife mm-hmm. um, living currently in Houston, Texas. Right. But we, we try to put the hook in his mouth. We're trying to reel him <laughs> You yeah, know, trying to pull him back yep. to the 801 and, uh, or the 385, depending on when you got your cell phone. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but uh, the reason why I always have Kenneth on, uh, Kenneth a long time ago did me a great favor. He came and uh, supported the teenagers at my nonprofit called Quit Trippin'. Uh, we were holding weekly groups mm-hmm. out at Daybreak and sometimes out in Pleasant Grove. So he was nice enough. He'd come out. Uh, in fact, when he first came out, we told this on the podcast before. He's going through a bad injury, mm-hmm. senior year of uh, college, broke your leg. Yeah. And uh, broke it real good. Not like one of those little real baby good. breaks, the type of break. We're like, what? Dude? <laughs> real Why good. Why is it like where he had to have a scooter? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know. That was my vehicle. He had like a little sidecar next to the scooter for like lunches and <laughs> had snacks. Had to get a license plate on it. <laughs> you know, license plate, one of those little glow lights in the bottom. Yeah. And uh, so he did a great favor for me. And most importantly, he did it for the kids, too. And, and you've, like you've said, you've never turned down an opportunity to help youth and kids. And so. Mm-hmm. Throughout the years, you know, a couple of times I had you come help me out when I'd go speak at some high schools. Yes. Now you're speaking at high schools, yeah. you're doing leadership uh, committees and, and uh, presentations. But more recently, um, you have a book that mm-hmm. we want to talk about. And also to this week or next week, I should say, is coming week. Um, we're going to be doing um, our second OG therapy high yes. school presentation. But the first time we posted about it and mm-hmm. we're going to be doing that with our good friend, Road Joe. Yes. Uh, and so. Let's talk about the book. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that. But more importantly, every guest I have on this podcast mm-hmm. has a lot of experience working with youth, right. whether they're a parent, father, whether they're a football coach, whether they're um, a skills coach, mm-hmm. teacher, whatever it may be. And you, for your young age, you've made it a priority to make youth uh, something that you want to help out and not just help them out in the like the service type of way, but really going out of your way to whether it's writing a book whether it's your, your TED Talk, mm-hmm. whether it's the assemblies with me, um, or, or your own assemblies as well, you've really, you've put it as a priority because business opportunities are always going to be there. Right. And um, if you're listening to this podcast, you didn't know this, it doesn't pay the heftiest ransom to be helping out the youth. In fact, there are, usually there's, there's a saying in markets that um, people get paid for the problems they're able to solve. Mm-hmm. Most of the time that's true. There's always the exception to the rule. High school teacher. Right. High school teachers, I don't think anyone would deny that that's a very important job. Very. Middle school teacher, elementary school teacher. And 
they don't really get enough cake to go feed everybody in the family. Mm-mm. You know, everybody knows that. Um, in fact, I always hear people say, man, high school teachers should get paid more. Next. Okay, anyways, hey, pass the salt. Like, everyone says it, right? right? And so, coaches, yep. people that work with youth, that's not any, any of those professions, unless you own a huge, large facility, you're doing private training with hundreds right. and hundreds of kids, um, you're not making a ton of money. And even then, it's, it, you know, you probably have to see lots of kids to make money. Mm-hmm. So you've really made a point not just to help kids with your message, the things you're talking about, but to also teach them how to help themselves. For sure. So I want to talk about that with the book because that's what your book is focused around, mm-hmm. specifically student athletes. Right. And everyone that's ever played sports listening to this podcast, you know that when you're done playing sports, by the way, there is an end. Yes. Everyone's done. Yep. Some people are done in, in middle school. Some people are done middle high school, end of high school, college, right. pros. There is an expiration date, mm-hmm. and it's coming for you at some point. For sure. So when you're done, there's not really a lot of help of what you do when you're done. And there's not a lot of people uh, paving the road for you and teaching you how to use the time that you have with your name, image, mm-hmm. likeness, and for things sure. like that. So tell everybody about the book. And just let's talk about exactly why did you want to write this book out of all the books you could have you know, written, right. why this topic was the one that you chose. Yeah. So the book title is called Pressure No Match for Purpose. And the subtitle is Helping the Athletes Transition from One Field to the Next. And I felt like in my personal experience, when it came to student athletes, we all have the pressures of whether in your high school, I have to get to college or I'm not getting the attention as my friend is and trying to be in a way, kind of fit in so that you won't get left behind once they do get to the next level. And the same thing in college. Okay, how can I maximize my time in college and utilizing yeah. my brand so that when it is over, how can I parlay that into the next thing? And the next phase is, okay, when it is over, what do I do next? And so that's the, the perspective of the book is framing in practical ways of how you can overcome that wall. And use my book is like a bridge to help you get through it. So um, a little bit of a roadmap. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. roadmap. Now, when you were coming up, a lot of these words weren't even known. Mm-mm. NIL. <laughs> right. Like, you're trying to help young people coming from a place where it's, here's what I imagine you. I imagine you think, like, I know I'm missing, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what to call it. Right. What you're supposed to do. And then now there's terminologies that say, oh, your brand. Mm-hmm. When you were in high school, did anyone ever say, Kenneth Scott, you have to work on your brand? You know what's crazy? I didn't hear that phrase brand until my stepfather came to me. And so there was a receiver in my high school. His name was Maurice Shaw. And Maurice Shaw, I was a freshman. He was a senior. And when I was watching him, dude, it's flawless. Like his yeah. movements, his skills, his route running ability, the way he catches the ball, it was effortless. And I was always looking at him. And towards the end of the season where it was getting ready to be signing day, he signed to the University of Idaho, which is great. Yeah. But for me, I got discouraged because how can someone I see that is so effortless and flawless not have the exposure to be going to a USC? Because yeah. to me, he was everything. And so that's when it clicked for me and for my stepdad at the time was like, this is more than you just being an athlete. You have to operate as a business. And that's where I started. going to do it for you. Exactly. And that's where I got the term brand in my head. And so my, my, my pops at the time was like, hey. Start worrying about your brand, your brand, your brand, your brand, your messaging, you know, and developing that. Because a lot of the, the, the people in my school, they were just focusing on as an athlete, not really their whole self as a brand. So. G- give me an estimation about what year that was. 
from aging myself. But that was 2007, 2006, 2007. You know, he, he may have been one. He may well. He's definitely ahead of his time mm-hmm. using that terminology. Because usually that terminology was only referred to an artist. True. Mm, then it came over to athletes, mm-hmm. and you can see an after transition, right? Right. Artists for a long time, they were like, "I just want to get signed by something." True. Mm, and then if anyone follows the music industry, a lot happened when things went di- digital. Mm-hmm. Um, the old uh, what was um, <clears throat> what was the pirating thing? The LimeWire. No, no. Before LimeWire, it was MediaFire. Uh, or... Oh, what was that one? No, the, it was the one kid that was the hacker that like was taking all the me- Naps- Naps- Napster. Napster, yeah. yeah. At that time, people mm-hmm. started to realize, wait a second, someone could just take my song, my <laughs> thing, <laughs> right. and they can just put it out there. So that's when artists start saying, I better have my own drink, mm-hmm. my clothing line, right. my own label. Mm-hmm. I better be a partner in all my talents right. instead of being um, just you know a participant. I saw a reel uh, just today on YouTube. Um, Mike Tyson was talking about this. He said he was really upset and angry with boxing. Mm. He said, I goes, I don't understand with boxing. He goes, why the fighter has to wait for someone to give the fighter's check to the manager and their promotion, and then they take that money, and then they give the fighter his piece. He's like, mm. the fighter should be the boss. For sure. The fighter should get the money, and mm-hmm. then the fighter should be like, all right, here, here's my manager, here's my promoter. Right. So everybody should be working for him because if it wasn't for him, yeah. Their job wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. So talk about that a little bit because it sounds like to me that you're Mm -hmm. saying you see there's a lot of ways that kids could be misled. Right. There's a lot of false information, but there's also a lot of just people being naive and not knowing, Mm -hmm. especially a kid from a lower socioeconomic status. For sure. That doesn't have mentors and tutors above them. Right. So talk about that as because obviously that's a big reason why Mm -hmm. you put this in like why the book focuses on helping athletes. Yeah, so when I was growing up, there was a lot of recruiting agencies that would do the work for the athlete in regards to, oh, I can get you 10 offers. Just sign up for my recruiting profile. I'll put you do that. I'll do all the things for you. And I just felt like that was a back gate for the, the, the athlete because it's not empowering them. It's not teaching them anything. It's giving everything else and putting control in someone else's hands instead of your own hands, keeping your own destination in and your it's, own hands. it's teaching the athlete like, oh, no, you can't do that. On your, it's too right. complicated. You can't figure that. Let us take that pressure mm-hmm. off you, not realizing that there's a lot of nefarious things that can come about. Right. Especially if the kid's younger and now with high school. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it felt, I felt like the kids were being used in a way and not in a proper way. And so I wanted to, with this book, I wanted to empower the student athletes with the education so they can be aware of how they can manage their own quote unquote business within themselves. So it's practical skills as far as manufacturing yourself as a product. Knowing, you know, I always talk about the four pillars and the four pillars is your sport, um, academics, the community, social media. And so we do like a assessment or a report card and we measure your performance, image and exposure based off of those pillars. And those pillars, like where you're at. Mm-hmm. Like, do you measure like percentage or how do you grade do wise? A, B, C, D and F. Okay. And the cool part about it is, for instance, a lot of kids in the sports pillar, they'd be like A's, B's, but in grades, it'd be like C, D. And then in community, they'd be like D because they're not really involved. And then social media would be like a B, A. And then towards the ending part of the report card or assessment, I'd be like, okay. And I removed the sports pillar from it. Now what you got? And the sports, the grading was really holding everything up. But I'm showing them that once the sports gets taken away from you, this is what you really stand on, the education, the community, and, the, and then the, the network that you build. And if that's not up to par, then there's a problem. And so it's like, giving them that bigger vision and that bigger perspective that you're more than an athlete and it's not all about sports 
at the end of the day. Yes, sports is a great vehicle to get you to your destination, but it's not everything. It's one of the things. You know, when you're saying that, I thought of <clears throat> like five or six athletes that are no longer professionals in their sport, but their longevity was based upon they had a very unique committee, uh, community involvement. Mm-hmm. Not just their their own physical community, but the community of their sport. Right. Like uh, their personality. Mm-hmm. Um, they were well-liked for every, by everyone. Their reputation was an A. Mm-hmm. Something about them was unique. It was very, um, they were easy to be accessed. Right. right. They, they were just, so they had, whether it be a social media, whether it be a personal following. Um, one guy I grew up as a surfer. One guy that came to my mind, his name's Rob Machado. Long, curly hair guy, <laughs> right, for, near my hometown. Right. The guy really, years and years ago, was done with the world tour. He mm-hmm. was always top five surfer. Even today, he's sponsored by the biggest companies in the world, mm-hmm. and he's not even active pro because he represents and embodies the lifestyle mm-hmm. and the culture, and he's so involved in the community, but most importantly, he's got great relationships and everybody likes him. Mm-hmm. So when you said pull away the sports part and yeah. you look at the other thing, they're great could go from an A minus B plus <laughs> to a D real, real quick. quick. Real quick. <laughs> So speaking about social health and stuff like that, it sounds like that's what you're trying to help them focus on. Mm-hmm. It's like if you have a balance in all those things, let's say you're injured for a mm-hmm. time period. Yep. But you have those relationships with the coach. Mm-hmm. People are like, man, well, this kid's a great student. Well, really? How do you know? Well, he works hard whether he's injured or not. Right. Whether he's in season or out of season. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, then that kid looks like he may come back from this injury because he's right. going to go to his rehab. Mm-hmm. He's going to show up to if we have an NIL deal with him and we've got a commercial plan, right. he's not going to not make it because he's tired mm-hmm. or because like he had a, a, a busy night last night playing Red Dead Redemption. Right. You know what I mean? Is, it, is that the name of the game? Yes. Red it Dead sounds Redemption. like it. I didn't know one Red of my Dem- friends yeah. is addicted to that right now. So. <laughs> yes, that sounds, yeah, that sounds Call right. of Duty, right? Yeah. And so all those things say a lot about that person's value, not mm-hmm. just sports. So elaborate a little bit of that because you're obviously seeing that with youth right now. Right. Some have figured this out and some you have to teach them how to, how to do that. Yeah, you do have to teach. And it's really figuring out, once we do that, it's figuring out, okay, <laughs> a lot of them don't understand what their end goal is uh, typically or the reason behind you mean why. all of them? <laughs> yeah, like, they're like, yeah, I want to go to college. To go to college, you know, just so basically they could fit in or whatever. They don't know the reason why they want to do things. And I always ask them, especially when we went to the, the leadership thing, it's like, give me three becauses after you tell me your reason. So, for instance, I want to go to college because I want to get a free education. Why do you want to get a free education? Because I want to be the first in my family to boom, boom, boom. Why do you want to be the first in your family? Because I feel like that's going to be. So I, I tell them, like, give me a reason, but break down. Give me three more because statements from that so that we can keep on uh, peeling back that onion. Because that's really going to be a driving force to keep you propelling through injuries, through when this is taking over and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and some kids, they'll probably identify a different motivating factor that they didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Some like when you bring up the, um, you know, the first person in my family graduated college. That's not a small thing. Nope. <laughs> Grandmas and grandparents, that's a huge mm-hmm. thing to them right so maybe for them they're a trailblazer for their family right or maybe for someone else they're showing their family there's a different path mm-hmm. right maybe they had other people in their family that had graduated from college mm-hmm. but after they graduated from college they didn't do anything with them. right so the next because could be like i want to graduate from college and take that to x y or z yep because my other family member said they went to college got their degree came back home 
and just went to the warehouse and worked the same job. Yep. They didn't have a degree. You know, <laughs> exactly. Everybody in their family did it or mm-hmm. something that was familiar. Yep. Or I know a lot of guys that I played with, I'm sure you might know one or two that's like, yeah, we played football together. They got their scholarship. Yeah. And then they start selling drugs. You're like, you're like, okay. I didn't. What class was that? <laughs> I didn't take that class. I'm was like, it science? I'm like, damn. Like, I didn't know they offered that. Right? <laughs> no, that was Physics? Def- yeah, that was definitely uh, arts. Right? Arts. There we go. <laughs> that must be the art degree. Just joke for all those art students out there. So you're helping them identify. There's got to be something of a balance. Mm-hmm. You got to identify why you're doing it, mm-hmm. but also and many levels of stage one, stage two, stage mm-hmm. three, because at any one of those stages. High school, college, after college. If you don't have some sort of plan, then it's going to be easy for you to get, you know, pushed off yep. course. Now, like any mission statement for a business, things will change, mm-hmm, right? You can kind of tweak it, but not having a plan and just rolling the dice, Ooh, that's, that's the worst plan possible. Right. And so another thing is like after we understand you and understand your product, manufacturing that product of you, uh, we dial in on, okay, who's your target audience? Because not everyone's division one, not everyone's division two, not everyone's division three. So no one where you place and where you fit, that's when you can start creating your list based on your target audience and start finding your niche of who you need to attack to become more efficient and more basically profitable and increase your chances of getting a scholarship or getting seen. So that's interesting because I never thought about having realistic expectations. Yeah. And with youth today, everybody going D1. I'm going to Alabama. Well, yeah, yeah. They ain't even on varsity. Today, it's like it's like you feel like you want to walk around with like needles and pop everything. Like, come on, man. It's like, like mm. yeah. yeah, it's just like when you hear kids like, oh man, I haven't been outside. I've been playing video games all day, every day, talking to my friends, mm-hmm. but I want that girl that's beautiful over there. Yep. Well, you might need some work. So like, yes, a lot of work. You don't and have any games, so don't go try talking to that girl quite not yet. yet. You know, like, get your stuff together, start with combing. Slow your, hair, your roll. Take a shower. Yes. To do that and get so some like deodorant that your grandpa didn't use you know get some up-to-date deodorant <laughs> no way the old school cologne the old school cologne don't be putting on those steps <laughs> yeah. in your car still slaps though man see your I'm, car you know I'm I've, kidding, i haven't worn that since high school. okay i'm about to say i didn't do that i ain't gonna lie i went to like kenneth cole i used Kenneth-Cole. to go to go to the mall and just get the little the little the slips the samples and just get stockpile uh, the samples and just wipe them on you know stuff like that just yeah have, jacar like there's a polo one yeah Anyways, I, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you're good. But realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think sure. with athletes um, that will all want to be the best, mm-hmm. you know, that might be, uh, how do you help? A, let's give, let me give you a scenario. Mm-hmm. Let's say you got a kid, mm-hmm. um, sophomore in high school, mm-hmm. um, got a little bit of playing time uh, on the varsity squad. Right. The coaches see some talent, tans, talent, talent <laughs> potential and talent inside of that kid. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. I want to go D1. Let's say he's a local kid. I want to play for University of Utah, BYU, you know, mm-hmm. a, a big school like that locally. And you're looking at this kid, and he comes to you and says, so how do I get a scholarship at those schools? Because that's usually mm-hmm. what they're going to say. For sure. Okay. How do you help that kid? Because sometimes when I'm helping someone, they're asking me the wrong question. Right. Sometimes people don't know whether maybe they're just naive, they don't really know, mm-hmm. but they're thinking like, oh, since that's the ideal, how do I get that? Not mm-hmm. realizing that there's a lot of other things that have to be answered for that. So how would you how would you help a young person for sure. that has some talent, but mm-hmm. they're still a little, you know, they mm-hmm. weren't starting on varsity as a sophomore. Right. You know, they're not a superstar, but they have some potential. Mm-hmm. Maybe they got a good little social media following. Right. So we're some just some basic things you do. So for me, like when I mentioned like the target audience, for my for my steps, I need I need them to have some type of film on varsity because that's what you're gonna be selling to the to the colleges in order to 
be you know put on that broad scale but when i talk about target audience too it's like researching those colleges so for instance we was talking about systems earlier yeah like i'm not going to if i'm a a, a 5 11 quarterback and all i see on someone's roster is a whole bunch of 62 63 64 quarterbacks why would i try to go over there when i know that that's not the type of person that they're going to recruit i'm just wasting my time and this going to waste their time too cuz i don't your grades up and going to air force somewhere i need or you know Navy. what i'm saying and, it's, yeah. and so that's why like understanding those audiences so for a, a kid like that and he wants to go to Utah, depending on his measurables and things of that nature, I got to understand, okay, what type of, if he's a receiver, what type of receiver are you, right? Because based on what type of receiver are you, and then based on this team's fit, that may not be the best place for you. I know you want to go there, but that may not be the best Weber for you. Weber State may be better for you. Right. Or if we're in California, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I really want to play at Stanford. Well, you're not a big tight end. Right. And that's kind of their offense. So mm-hmm. you may want to go to like San Francisco State or mm-hmm. like, you know, so, you know, a smaller school. Right. Because at the end of the day, if you don't play. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And that's the why thing. you're working so hard. Right. Exactly. And that's one thing. And so kind of going back onto the realistic. So I want to understand their goal. And since that I know their goal and that's where they want to go to, then I make it more realistic. And then the difference between the goal and realistic, we figure out that's between that's the research behind it figuring out fits and once we figure out the target audience now um, the next step is selling and marketing yourself so i look at those as two different pillars so selling is more of a one-to-one type of communication and marketing is more of a one to a broad yeah. yeah right and so for selling i want them to understand how the proper way to to initiate a call like what questions to ask um like basically developing scripts for those or if a coach calls them in a recruiting situation mm-hmm. How to handle that. Exactly. Because one of the biggest questions right now, I, I just happen to know this because my nephew, he's, he's a highly recruited uh, basketball player in Utah right mm-hmm. now. One of the questions the coach has been asking him, he asked me, he's like, hey, man, like, <laughs> how should I answer this question? Right. right? Just as a relationship thing, he mm-hmm. asked me. I said, what's the question? He goes, they're asking me, are you one of those kids that are going to play here for a year mm-hmm. and transfer somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Now, they gave different stories of, what happened? I said, I go, okay, why do you think they're asking those questions? Like, I think because it's been happening. Mm-hmm. And they did a little research. A couple of coaches didn't talk to them. They lost kids, freshmen, highly recruited mm-hmm. kids. They train them for a year, and then they go s- start at a competitive school or someone else, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, they're like, are you going to be committed to us? Are you going to be one of those kids that if you don't, this was the real question. Are you going to be one of those kids that if you don't start your freshman year, are you going to transfer somewhere else? Mm-hmm. They, like three schools asked them flat out. And I told him how to respond to that. And because he's a committed kid, Mm -hmm. this was an easy response for him. Mm -hmm. But he simply said, he goes, I am not that kid in my life, with my school, Mm -hmm. with my grades, with anything. If I come and play for you, then you're stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And if I don't start my freshman year, then that means you guys, the coaches that I trust, have evaluated me and I'm not ready to start. I'd rather start my sophomore year when I'm ready and go out as a freshman, mm-hmm. get made fun of, up. <laughs> totally choked. Yeah. Now I'm all mental in my Blow head, it. overthinking yep. everything. Because the freshman curse, man. Mm. True freshman you curse. Just... I had it. I know you had it too man, a little bit, right? That's what I'm saying. You, give, hard... know, you give a kid 18 years old a starting job on a D1 that's school. Huge. You gave him a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. that most kids can't handle, handle mentally. So he responded that way. The coach was like, you're the first Boom. person to say that. First person responded like, I trust in you guys, mm-hmm. and if I don't start my freshman year, it's because you've evaluated that I'm not ready to start, right. and it's not nothing personal. Mm-hmm. He goes, the coaches said, you know what? I'm so glad you answered that. And they opened up to him and said, I love these kids that I recruit, but after I coached them for a year, 
if they mm-hmm. know that, oh, I played at BOE, now I can go to some other school, or I played at Utah, and I can mm-hmm. go to some other school, and they can start there, the coach is like, man, like, whatever happened to, like, like working through yep. it? And, and in their opinion, the portal was not made for, let me see if I like you, and then I'm going to leave. Right, it was right. made for those, those instances, Unique. those situations yeah. where it's like, you and your coach, that one simple coach, mm-hmm. just have a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're not playing. It's not that he doesn't like. It's just more of a personality match. Right. Or maybe a, a new coach came in. The offense or yep. defense got switched. Like, okay, like mm-hmm. for those kids, like, oh, head coach. Now, how come the head coach can leave, but I, I got to stay here? Yep. It was made for that. So my question for you is that when kids are going into college, how do you coach them in regard to communicate with the recruiter? Mm-hmm. Now, let's say a recruiter comes to them and asks them that question and they start getting uh, a, a good relationship with the recruiter. Are there any sort of uh, pointers or stuff that you give them mm-hmm. when, they, when they actually are getting recruited? Yeah, for, for me, I tell them to focus on five things. Because and, and mine was a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. I want to know more generally because no, no, you're good. that question <laughs> asked. You know? like, I tell them five things that they should focus on when choosing a school, and you surround your questions and on top of that. So the first one is obviously athletically, right? Everybody wants to come in. They want to find the role, own it, and be – and fit into a yeah. system. So obviously yeah. you're going to surround questions about the scheme, the plan time, all that. The next one is academically because you want to look in the future, right? Seeing what, what programs they have in place, externships, internships, things of that nature. So that after it's said and done, if I break my ankle, I can still be able to move forward in life. Right. Yeah. Um, third is socially. Like, is it cool for me? Like for instance, me coming from California, I'm coming to Salt Lake city. Like socially, is it going to be a good fit for me to so ask questions like, Hey, what is it like in the town? Like, especially yeah. me coming from, I never been a part of a, a culture like this Mormon. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, answer, ask questions about that. See if it's fit. You're like, do I need a jacket? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, really though, because California, I'm coming to the snow. I'm like, I got two hoodies and a tank you top. You know, like that. You know, it's tough. And then yeah. next is culturally. Like, does it fit? Like, culturally for me, like for the team, like, do we mesh in jail? And then lastly, what I tell is financially. Like, because, like for instance, myself, I knew my mom was going to be able to purchase plane tickets to get me all the way out to like Tennessee or yeah. Michigan, right? That'd be hard. Very, Very hard. hard yeah. But, you know, if I'm, you know, a flight to Utah is probably a 200 bucks round trip. Or, you know, if I wanted to come home, I can partner up with someone from California drive. and drive me, yeah. right? So I tell kids to focus on those five as- aspects of it um, so they can be able to build questions around it. Very good. Very good. In fact, that leads me to the next question. What are some of the most common questions you get from parents? Mm. The one thing about parents is they really don't know the process at all. Yeah, I know. Unless, and I'll give you an example. Or if they think they do, that's even more dangerous. And it's different because, <laughs> like, for instance, some people are former athletes, you know, parents are former athletes, and they're going back what was 20 years ago or 15, not 10 relevant. years. It's not relevant yeah. anymore. And so they're thinking in a mindset like, oh, like back then type thing. But the main thing is for the parents is, okay, how can I get my son more exposure? Like, how can I get him in? into um, contact with college coaches and things of that nature. And then that's when I eyes on my son or daughter. Right. And that's when I tell them, um, that's when you have to be your best salesman. So for me, when I was a sophomore in high school and I got, after my sophomore season, they labeled me as ESPN top 150 in the nation as a sophomore. I was like, oh, I got a good product out there. So what I did, I took, because I knew I was a Division One athlete because all the Division One teams were reaching out to me. Yeah. I got every Division One school, put it in the Excel sheet. Well, 
it was a paper with columns <laughs> uh, and I, I wrote Excel-ish. down yeah excel ish you know to modernize it you know yeah. uh, pencil paper pencil yeah. for sure without a doubt and so i put every school in a column then put their contact information email phone number and then i put a box like recruiting questionnaire and i put an x if i did it and so maybe like a date to like contact them like yes this. they call Boom. me this See yep. the patterns. Oh, creating that's base, very smart. Creating my basically my own CRM, customer yeah. relation management. That's what I did. And so whenever I got a letter from a recruiter, I will email them like, hey, I just got you guys this flyer. Even if they didn't contact me, and I know they send these out to everybody, right? But the more familiar I am and my name is familiar to them, the more eyes gonna get on me. So that's why I was like, I need to call them bi-weekly, I need to email them every time I get a type of letter or anything. That way, if I keep on following up in constant communication, they're like, man, they're going to know my name. They're going to be like, man, let me go ahead and pull them up. Let me, let me see what he's about. Yeah. Want them to be familiar with you. Exactly. And that's what you're gaining. And, but not bug them. Right. And not bug them. But, yeah. but really have some value. Like when the letters come in, you know, you don't have to be long emails. Like, hey, coach, man, I just got this letter in the mail. Man, I love the, the scenery in the background. I can only imagine what it'll be like playing in front of a jam-packed stadium. Ooh, you know why that's so clever from a psychological perspective is that most kids, when they're getting recruited, their thought process is on who's interested in me. Mm. If you let a school know mm-hmm. that you are interested in them yep. and you are courting them, then it's a partnership. It's mm-hmm. mutual. But a lot of kids like, yeah, I got these letters. They get the letters. They go and show them off to their friends. But they yep. forget to call the coach and say, thank you for sending me the letter. Boom. Yep. And that's the miss every time. Very good. I like that. Very miss. Parents out there, listen to sh- share this with your and, kids. Because just think about it. Would you say that the relationship in recruiting is very similar to dating? Without a doubt. Very similar to dating. Very huh? similar. There's so much synergy. And, like, yes, I'm speaking towards you the athletes. You show the person that you're interested in them, too. Eventually, they're going to yeah, stop calling you. exactly. And I'm, I'm, I don't want to deal with this person. And, like, even though I'm saying the athlete can do this, parents can do this, too. Yeah. Parents can help coordinate the emails, make well, sure that, the I grammar. Well, I think that's why you answered the question, because that, mm-hmm. that's something that parents could really help out. Without a doubt. And, I mean, when you're talking to parents, aren't they saying, like, what can we do? What can we do? Yep. They want to be that's what of they can service. Do. They want to be of help to their kids. Mm-hmm. And that's what they can do. So on top of that, being your own salesman, what I tell athletes is the people that are writing these blogs, these, these recruiting sites, those are the people you need to get in relationships with. Why? Every time someone stands out at camp, they put their name in that paper. The college recruiter looks at that paper. And then why do they put this kid in here? Boom, I'm going to click to his profile. If they click to that profile and they see you a good guy, well, I like this kid. All it takes is one article to do that. Yeah. And so it's just imagine if you're getting a letter from uh, Colorado and, uh, okay, you go to coloradorivals.com or 24-7, and you'd be like, okay, Dan Hutchinson is the one. Boom, I'm going to follow Dan Hutchinson on his thing. I'm going to like and comment on his stuff. I'm going to build the relationship with him because I know if I build the relationship with him and tell him that I'm interested in Colorado and they're interested in me, he's going to want to interview me. You know, that's very, that's very, um, I don't want to say the word clever. It's very intelligent Mm -hmm. because the people that are, it's their job to say who, okay, they're they're writing stories, they're Mm -hmm. writing articles. You build that relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Then when they have a story to put out there about a game, Mm -hmm. they actually want to highlight you, especially if you're already doing good. Yep. Versus if, let's say, let's say you're talking through someone on Twitter. Let's say Mm -hmm. it's Instagram or whatever it may be. Some writes a, a an article on you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I really appreciate so much that made my day. You know, I, I know you're just doing your job, <laughs> but like that's yep. really cool. Hey, I'm gonna follow you. You know, mm-hmm. and you just start liking that person's stuff. You just start showing them, hey, I'm a, I'm appreciative. I'm not yep. above you. And then let's say you get to college, and that person yep. be like, 
man, that kid was a good kid. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to do pieces on the local, yep. on the local stage and local mm-hmm. journalism for you. It continues. It continuously makes you relevant regardless if it's, if it's uh, in the season or not. Yep. Season. Exactly. And that's, a, and that's, that's a great big, advice, man. That's the big miss for kids. I'm like, dude, why aren't you reaching out to these analysts? Like, they, and a lot of these analysts have relationships with the coaches. Yeah. And coaches have relationships with other coaches. And that's another key thing. Someone would down a Division two school because they're trying to get to D1, even though they're D2 level, they would down the D2 school, not knowing that the D2 school and D1 guy know each other possibly. And if you act a way towards a D2 coach, he's going to be like, man, he's going to talk to D1 coach and be like, man, you don't want to recruit, man. He's a whoop-de-whoop. Right? Just imagine coach, when I was there, it was Coach Woodingham, Coach Hill, Morgan Scott, like Coach Hill, he wanted to be a coach at a D1AA. Yeah. Just imagine that dynamic. Like, I'm mean to Coach Hill. And what if Coach Hill and Coach Woodingham had a lunch together? I'm like, man, I, I mean, I've been noticing this one kid. And Coach Hill, I'm like, man, this dude was a, a, a total jerk. And Coach Wick, I'm like, well, I don't want him then. Yeah. Just because you downed that school because of the level it was at. So, yeah, that's you, a huge miss. Do you ever pull kids aside? Because I know you go to seven-on-seven seven tournaments. Mm-hmm. I know you're helping out kids more on, like, just consulting them. Right. And the thing about I, I love asking these questions to Canada is that Canada, like myself, for many, many years, just does it. Doesn't. Right. Like, hasn't been getting paid to do at it. All. Just <laughs> helping, like. For the love. I can't help but think how many times between the two of us we spoke and never asked for money and just spoke because, oh, yep. you want us to be okay, we'll come and talk, right? Getting paid with Those love. Those days are getting over now. <laughs> yeah. Now. <laughs> kids are getting bigger. We got to right. start making some money, right? Nothing personal. Um, yeah, nothing personal. <laughs> but obviously we're doing it for the love mm-hmm. of the youth, right? So in these situations, have you ever come across a kid where he's got great talent, whatever, but let's say you're at a seven-on-seven tournament mm-hmm. and you see the kid wiling out and throw a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. Everyone, it's, it's, the internet has made the world very small. Very. And we look at the NFL. We look at the problem child, <laughs> uh, uh, the, the real, what's, what's that word they call them? Uh, the real. Prima uh, donna. The prima donnas, right? Yep. We look at the prima donna guys. And we glorify them. People start going, man, there's a lot of talent. I don't know if they're worth the headache. You know, people are like, <laughs> you got to. Even if you're scoring a lot of touchdowns or doing yeah. a lot of great things, you're a risk factor. You're right. an X factor. People don't know what you're going to post, mm-hmm. what you're going to get caught doing in your own private life right. when you're having these blow ups like that. So if you were to see a kid having like some real emotional struggles mm-hmm. and challenges, now I know what you've been through in your life. So right. you could speak on this personally. What type of advice would you give to a young kid if he's a detriment to his own brand? Man. Or she, right? He yeah, or she, it can yeah. be her. You see, so what I do is I'll take them to the side and and I'll meet them where they're at because I don't want to feel like I'm accusing them of anything. Preaching to them. Yeah, I want to be like, hey, man, what's going on, man? I see you out here trying to show up, man. What's going on, man? And then just laugh and joke with them just to kind of bring it down Let a little them vent bit. a little bit. Right. You know? Don't and come then, in like all trying to tell them what to do. Yeah, and I'll be like, man, look, I was just in your shoes. I was a young kid just like you. Just trying to, you know, a lot, like the moments may get to us and we act out. And then I'll just give them some game. Like, look, man, when it comes to, you know, being in this type of era, social media area, like you mentioned, man, you're, you're under a magnifying glass. Like, everything gets blown out. And so I go back to the, the, the pie that I always talk about, the performance, image, and exposure. Like, man, you're a great athlete out there. You're doing amazing things. A lot of people know who you are as far as exposure. But right now, your image isn't holding up, man. And that's one of the character factors that may cause you from not having future opportunities to get a scholarship. And so I just break it down to them in a real list of form. Like, man, I don't, I want you to go to the next level. So, you know, so I put it to her like that. I want you to go to the next level. And so acting on like this is only going to diminish that for you. Yeah. Cause the next level ain't going to come to you. No, 
You got to go to it. And you, next, who's next? If you act out like that, for instance, like like Devontae Christopher, man, yeah. he's a, he was a man. He's a, he's a really good friend of mine. But like, uh, there was times where he was another wide receiver, at the another U. wide receiver at the U, and playing talented, some games, not in some games. There's some stuff talented. Going on. He's a talented receiver, and oh yeah, for um, sure, he's a baller. But there was times where he would lash out, and and that's kind of like where I got my opportunity. Um, and I remember it was Utah State game, and some things wasn't going right, and you know he his image wasn't right, and it would just takes that one point in time where a coach kind of gets fed up with certain things, and they're looking for the next guy, no matter how talented you are. And it's cool because now as he's gotten older, he recognizes his shortcomings. And it's forthcoming about that information. Like, man, I, I kind of, you know, was, was raising kind of H-E double hockey sticks out there and kind of wishing like, dang, I shouldn't have done that. It would have been a lot better for me because of his brand because he was a fantastic receiver. Um, but it was just the perception of others and what they think about him and that ultimately led them saying stuff to other people that negated his opportunities. Yeah, and, and you and I have talked about in this past and, you know, we both, you know, when we played football in college, we both had to get some counseling, some yeah, therapy. Facts. Um, we both were going through some our own individual <laughs> yeah. things, and yeah. you know, for me, you know, my off the field stuff definitely affected me big yep. time. My, my reputation was not good, <laughs> and you know, and so I think I think the value. I'm glad you brought that up with Vontae because we can look back in hindsight and tell the youth, like, hey, listen, your reputation has more mm-hmm. has more value. Then you even know, like you and I talk about, there's a currency to connection. And yes. there's also, you don't have currency if you don't have connection. Mm, that's real. If, you, if your rule of thumb is you're always on time, you always have a good attitude, and then you come unglued one time, people mm-hmm. give you the benefit of the doubt. Right. Without people are like, doubt. all right, that's the exception of the rule. He doesn't normally wild, go mm-hmm. wild like that. Like, he had a moment, you know, okay, whatever. But if you're always coming out of character, and if you're always showing these deep emotional <laughs> outbursts and blow-ups, <laughs> Now, not only become a detriment to the chemistry of the team, right. you also become a hit, like you, you hinder the team. Yeah. And if you make a coach's job harder on you, and of course, talking to all the athletes that you talk to, regardless of what school they want to go to, if they pick a school like, hey, I want to go to Utah, I'm like, they don't want anyone but high character guys there. Exactly. Guys like Coach Winningham and Kalani Sataki, same yep. thing. If you think you're going to show up there on talent, Mm. They they have a place for you. It's called the right. portal. Exactly. You know, what I'm like, you, you may not be there that long. Like, At all. I don't think that. I think they've proven by benching guys, mm-hmm. sitting guys. Rojo came on the on the podcast. And his attitude got him out of a lot of games when yeah. he was younger. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where there's certain things. It's like there's there's no one greater than the whole team. That's so true. That's so true. You know, it's crazy because even though I spoke about him, but my own personal story, uh, my first year when I was coming off of injury, uh. I was lashing out because I felt like I wasn't getting respect. And I'm like, do y'all remember who I was? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so me trying to work back to like get to where I was and trying to prove myself out there. And so every time I make a play, I'm showboating. I'm like lashing out. Like, even though I'm thinking like, I'm just showing this, this passion and energy and stuff like that. Thinking that it was the alpha. I'm showing everybody. Yeah. I'm I'm showing I'm back. I'm proving myself. It was hindrance to me. And I wind up getting suspended. Like, Kicked off the team, put in counseling. You actually put yourself away from the Everything. rest of your position group and other people mm-hmm. around you. I started creating friction with the coaches, teammates. I'm throwing my helmet. You know, you can ask my good friend, Dexter Ransom. Uh, he'll tell you the story all the time. Like, I remember 
me just going in the locker room, just pissing. I'm just socking on lockers. And one time he was right here next to me and I'm socking on the locker and he was right here in the locker room. Almost hit him. He was like, come on, little bro. Come on, little bro. Like, <laughs> I, like if, if that locker would have hit me, I'd have to. We would have to throw yeah, hands we, in here. Yeah, and Dexter's bigger than me. Like I'm six three, like two twenty. Like but Dexter's like six four, two thirty five. You know, so he's big, bro, big, bro. Yeah. And so you know, it's cool to have guys like that, like Dexter was for me, and, and, and telling me like, man, chill out, man. Like be cool. Like and so the um, voice of reason for that for, moment, without and a so doubt. So that's what you're you're trying to do for the youth. Mm-hmm. Help them out on the financial side to see themselves. Hey, listen, like. You have a lot more control of those mm-hmm. things, those different pillars. I love the pie. Say that again for our listeners. Oh, yeah, pie. You know, uh, how good is your pie? You know what I'm saying? So the pie represents performance, image, and exposure. Performance, image, and exposure. Mm-hmm. And that translates to, you know, life after sports, too. Like when you're trying Absolutely. to climb up the corporate ladder. How many know? people have lost their job because of posts they post on Ooh, the internet? Right. And how many people... When you're looking for a job, they go to your social media. Mm-hmm. That's a great ba- background check is a lot of young people, they narc themselves out on social media. <laughs> They're like, oh, I can't come to work today. I, I got the flu. And next thing you know. Yeah, they like, have the party. Hey, man, that's a really nice outfit when you got the right. flu on at night yep. and holding a drink or you know, mm-hmm. having fun or whatever. So uh, last thing I want to talk about, too, is uh, what we got coming up this week uh, with uh, Fremont High School. Mm-hmm. We're doing our second OG therapy assembly. Um, you know, obviously, Fremont reached out to us. Right. And I told them what we got going on, you know, and, and they're really excited about that. Um, one thing from whether it be working with kids with um, getting them to, uh, you know, just meet their potential in athletics and mm-hmm. in college and, and, and hopefully beyond. Whenever you talk to kids, what, what type of impression do you want to leave behind with them? Because I always talk about you being a high character guy. Mm-hmm. I always talk about people when I say I, I don't think I just talk about this. Lots of people talk about right. this. But I think it's worth repeating and talking about again. Reputation. Right. We've talked about through the podcast. If you get the reputation as mm-hmm. the person who more often than not is on point, more often than not shows up, and almost mm-hmm. always is working hard, people will allow you a certain margin of error. Right. right? Sure. When we go and talk to these kids uh, on Thursday, when they hear you talk, uh, you'll be performing songs mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> Because I'm putting you on the spot right now. So what are some of the most important things, whether it's this Thursday, anytime we're talking to kids, what impression do you want to leave them with in regards to you? Mm, that's a great one. I want it, Regarding the impression I want to leave on kids or even anybody, it's just that you can always count on him to be there for you. You know, you can count on him like fingers. That's what I tend to tell. You know, I like to meet people where they're at and figuring out where the, the struggle points are and just figuring out a way of how we can help them get afloat on everything so they can look at me as more of like a a life jacket uh no fingers they can count on it's just being a good friend that's really what it is and knowing that i always have their back um, regardless of the situation and and just they're always gonna be there you know the people that hear you talk they wouldn't know this but i'll say this um you leave the impression that you are your mother's son yeah that's true without a doubt like I had a privilege of talking to your mom a handful of times. <laughs> Message her through Instagram, so like that rocking the quit trip. Yep. Oh yeah. You see, yeah. All with the hat, red and black. You know, yeah. Something like that. So <laughs> I tell people when I see him, like, quit trip. Yep. <laughs> yep. She was rocking um, it. But when I say your your mother's son, what I really mean is that you're the same guy with these kids, and in your personal daily life mm-hmm. that you are, you know, when you'd be sitting at your mom's dinner. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's who you are. Like mm-hmm. the guy that can be trusted. Yep. The guy that's not going to 
You know, you're not going to wild out, start cursing, get crazy in front of your mom. You're not going to, you're not mm-hmm. going to be that way in front of youth or in business or anything. Right. Because when you say meet people where, where they're at, sounds like to me, you're saying it's like, you're going to make people feel comfortable so they don't have to put on macho airs around right. you or try to like, <laughs> try to go out of their way. Or like, yep. if you approach someone and you come at them sideways, you may trigger them like, what's up? Yep. And you know, growing up people, what's up? What's up? Yeah. Because you know, your best friends. Yeah. Right? Like. Get in a fight with kid, like why we fight? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> What's up? Well, I don't yeah, know. Tomorrow, okay. Like see you tomorrow, yep. right? That was a good and punch so, you did. Yeah, exactly. And so you really do go out of your way to make people feel comfortable, so that they don't have to worry about you. That you're going to be critical of them, right? That, and any advice you give them is always coming from love. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always coming from a good place. And, For sure. And and that's why I'm really excited about your book. Tell people where they can get your book. Yeah, so everybody can get my book at, you can either go to kennethscott.me slash books or just go straight to Amazon. If you got Prime, you can get it the next day. And the name of the book again? The name of the book is called Pressure, No Match for Purpose. And we'll put a link to in uh, in, uh, in this podcast episode. So if you're on um, Apple, if you're on, uh, what's the one with the green label? Spotify, yeah, man. Spotify. I'm Blake for a second. I was like, green label. Spotify, yeah, it's kind of like tilted a little bit. Yeah. Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. And also, we'll put it in the link, too, when we have the reels coming up this week. And I'm excited. We're going to do another podcast after the event. Mm-hmm. And then you and I got another speaking event after that. Yeah. So <laughs> we own it. Them up. By the way, you know, a little shameless plug. Yep. If you want OG therapy, me, Kenneth, and uh, Rojo, Robert Johnson, if you want us to come up, talk to the kids about how life is all about relationships. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this thing called connection currency. Ooh. And when we're talking to your kids, we're letting them know you do not want to neglect the relationships in your life. And if there's certain mm-hmm. relationships out of order in your life, it is worth your time and attention to put those things in order. Because if you don't have your relationships in order, life's hard enough as it is. Right. Even if you have people that have your back. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of the kids we talk to, some of their relationships, it, it's not out of order because it's their fault. Mm-hmm. Some some kids have some parents that are going through some hard times. Maybe True. they've lost a parent. Maybe parents locked up, or mm-hmm. you know, just going through their own issues. Or like me, you know, raised by a grandparent. Mm. Whatever it may be, if the youth of this generation puts a higher value on a relationship, specifically face to face, not just not this kind of phone. relationship. This this should help you stay connected, right. but can it should not replace connection because mm. you only get better at what you practice. That's a bar. And you start get, just going like this all the time. You mm. only get better at this, and when you got to go to a job interview, right? When you got to talk to a potential coach, mm-hmm. your coach on the field ain't gonna be like, "You drop the pass, <laughs> send with like a mean face." Right. Trust me, I'm pretty sure they're gonna have words for you without a doubt. And if you have a good reputation, you put relationship uh, at the highest priority in your life, mm-hmm. you're going to be successful in whatever you do in your life. So we're going to be talking about the youth about that Ooh. this Thursday. Can't wait. Check it out. We'll have, a, if you haven't seen our flyer on there, if you'd like uh, us to come and talk to your high school. We also do this for businesses as well. Um, it's a little bit different if we do it for mm-hmm. businesses, but high schools and businesses, that's who we're focused on because let's face it, there's a lot in common between teenagers and their parents and teenagers and teachers versus employees and, and right. bosses. Lot in common in the relationship, mm-hmm. like the power hierarchy, right? Yep. Someone so without a doubt. Anyways, love to hear uh, from you guys if you're interested in having the OG therapy team mm-hmm. come out do uh, for your high school or for your business. And uh, thanks, Kenneth, for coming. Now let's go get some food or hang out or kick <laughs> yeah, something like for that. Sure. And thank you guys for following us here on uh, Light the Fight channel and on this episode of OG Therapy. And as always, thank you for helping us to light the fight. Boom. Mm-hmm. I forgot to talk about. Oh, yeah. Because I wanted to get it. Any product. Earl.
Yeah.